continuing. Oh, sorry. But it's so nice to see you all. And it's not so cold today, which is a double blessing. <laughs> all right. So, um, this, yeah, welcome to City Temple and Chelsea Community Church, our live stream. This is just one part of a Sunday's uh, worship gathering. If you'd like to join us for our whole service via Zoom, then please email us at info at city-temple.com. Um, such a lovely um, time for me to be able to share um, today's message. And so we're going through a series called The Greatest Gift. And today I, I want to um, share the gift of joy. So we're going to look, um, read our scripture in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that to all the world should be registered. This is what the first registration, when Quinius was governor of Syria, all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great, great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angels before he was conceived in the womb. Let's just um, pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your precious word. 
Father, I pray that you will um, open our ears to hear your word. Prepare our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. Father, we are so grateful for your love, for your kindness, for your joy, Lord. Help us hear your word and put it into practice. Get our heart ready and prepared, Lord, for this time um, that we are celebrating Advent, Lord. Father, thank you. And we praise you and we worship and we thank you, Lord, because you are so good to us. And Father, may, may you, um, your Holy Spirit, be here in this place, getting us ready for this, for this um, time, Lord, that we will not um, be um, guided, Lord, by the spirit of the world, but be guided by your Holy Spirit that lives in us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. So um, there is a, I don't know if you've heard this one, of course you have. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. A song written by Wesley. A very interesting song because it's a, it's a theological truth. If you, I think uh, we, were, we were thinking with Marcus this week because, you know, there's um, the radios, there's certain radios that are 24-7 now putting all the Christmas songs. And all the Christmas songs are nothing, there, there are no hymns or, or, or anything theological. And, um, you know, uh, kind of one of the favorite songs the kids sing is the, the last Christmas I gave you my heart, you know, that one. <laughs> so we were thinking, you know, we don't want our kids to be thinking that this is what Christmas is all about. We need to put some really theological truths into them. And one, one of the wonderful songs that, um, uh, that we have is this one because it talks about theological truths um, that talks about the, the angels proclaiming Christ's birth, and then it goes uh, in talking about describing Christ and kind of the gospel story. And um, in, 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 in all the verses, it, talks, it tells us about Christ's nature, his birth, and incarnations, his ministry, and the purpose as to why he came here to, on earth. And... Um, so one of the, the, the um, lyrics says, Joy to the world the Savior reigns. Let men their sons employ. White, while fields and flocks, uh, flat rocks, hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy. And then it says, He comes to make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations proof the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. So I, I'll encourage you to, to um, maybe, maybe you, you already know all the lyrics, but to think deep about what it's actually saying. Because it is, you know, I think sometimes Christmas time becomes this time of uh, just buying and buying, and, and it's like merchandise you know, the decoration and, you know, what are you going to eat on Christmas Day? And, you know, what are you going to wear on Christmas Day? And kind of all of the external things that is really not so important as actually enjoying and sharing with each other and remembering why we're doing. Kind of, I think this for us symbolizes a lot why we're doing Christmas. We're doing Christmas because we are celebrating that Jesus, our Emmanuel, came for us. And that, I think that's really important that we remember or we emphasize the Advent in this season. 
You know, um, one of the important truths that we have um, as uh, Christians is that God, God, you know, almighty God came in the form of a human, in the form of a child. And this is uh, a, an important truth that maybe many other religions don't understand it. How can God become man? <clears throat> and how can this man also be God? How, it's it's um, really difficult for many people to understand that, and it's important for us. Um, I like what the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. It says, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in a human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the truth that we need to emphasize, that God came to us in human flesh. And even though he remained God, he, was, he, he felt and he lived you know, what the experiences that we go through. It was our Emmanuel, our God with us. And so important that we emphasize that and that we understand that importance in, in this time. So, uh, you know, as we're doing our Advent, we're going through kind of the, the gifts that God has given us. And I wanted really to, to, to focus on the one of joy because uh, sometimes we... We think joy, we, we mix joy with happiness, and it's definitely not the same thing. Happiness is not joy, and joy is not happiness. Happiness depends many times on the situation. You know, if uh, the, uh, there was um, uh, one of these Christmases, there was an, an airline in Canada who um, uh, began asking people who were um, going to have a trip on a certain day what they wanted for Christmas. And so, you know, people were saying silly things like, oh, I, I, I need a box of shorts and socks. You know, kids would say, oh, I want a train, train track, and so on. And what the, the airline did is on the day they were actually flying, they bought everybody the gift they wanted. Whatever it was that they wanted, they bought it. And it, it is a nice, it's a nice clip to see, because obviously people weren't expecting to get what they said they really wanted. And to see the joy, you know, the happiness, I would say, you know, to receive that, it, it was something quite, you know, heartwarming. But that, that is what happiness is. It, it makes you happy or it makes, it makes you feel a, a lovely emotion, but it's only momentary. And you see this many times, you know, on, on, on sometimes on Christmas when the kids open the gifts. Sometimes they get like five or six different gifts, and they're so excited. They open in one, and they throw it away until they open the other one. They throw it, and, and then, you know, the room is filled with paper, like with the, uh, the gift wrapping, and the toys are everywhere. And sometimes, depending on the age of the kids, if they're a toddler, they're more than happy with the box that they found that they can get in it, and all the other toys are left behind. But that's momentary. Joy. True joy is completely different. Joy is something no one can take away from us. Joy is something grander. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Uh, John 6.22 says, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. And I really like this. I think this is like a promise for us, that we need to remember that nobody, no one can take away our joy from us. 
once we have it. It doesn't matter the circumstances. And we will see, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you will not have um, difficulties or tribulations or, or, or sadness or, 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 or sorrows. You will, but that, that, those things do not affect your joy. We will see that. Um, I, I was looking at the difference between joy and happiness. And I saw an article in, in um, Compassion, in, in the Compassion website, and it says this. Joy is a little word, happiness is a bigger word. That's the main difference. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I like what they keep on saying. Joy is in the heart, happiness is on the face. Joy transcends, happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment, waiting to be discovered. Joy is a practice and a behavior, is deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes depending on our situation. Joy is profound and scriptural. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy induces hardships and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness, happiness but chooses joy. In our text in Luke chapter 2, we see these characters, Joseph, Mary, the angels, the, the shepherds, and when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they were not filled with joy. If anything, the Bible tells us that the, the um, shepherds got filled with fear. And, you know, we can understand it. You know, it, there is something that changes in the atmosphere when it becomes dark. You know, th this, they were in the field. Now, I don't know if you've experienced darkness in the field, you know. It's darkness in, in the city is different than darkness in the field. There is no light. I guess the only light that you really see in the field, like, you know, when there is no light, no other human light, it's really the moon. So can you imagine? And, and you know, in humans have this nature of, of saying these stories that make you afraid. And, you know, everybody in every culture has stories of these things. So I can imagine you know, the, the, you know, when I was reading this, they were saying that the shepherds were kind of the lowest class that you could find. There weren't uh, people who were trained or, or, or people who were, you know, looked as, you know, someone important within the um, society. They were uh, kind of the outcast, and among them there were, you know, rude people. Um, so can you imagine all of a sudden this angel appears to them, and of course they were afraid. And I, I, the Bible doesn't tell us, but the, can you imagine an angel appearing to you? I don't know what an angel looks like. I haven't had the pleasure of, of knowing that I've been in the presence of an angel. Maybe I have and I didn't know. But, you know, they knew they were in the presence of an angel because they were afraid. But something so interesting that I found here was that God chooses them, these shepherds. You know, when we think of the shepherds, we think of these wonderful people because, you know, our, our, our imagination of the shepherds is what we see in the nativity stories. And in the nativity stories, we see the little children dressing up as shepherds and, and sheep and all of these, and they look lovely. But these, these people were not that type of people. You know, they were rough men. There were men who had to work, who had to work with their hands, who had to maybe fight with, you know, with, with what they had to protect the sheep. But then God chooses them to give them the first preaching of the gospel. But not only that, 
he, they also received the first fruit because they, they, they um, you know, in the past there had been prophecies and they had been told by the prophets, you know, that the Messiah was coming and they knew. But in their case, they got to see the Messiah. They not only, they were not only, the gospel wasn't only just preached to them, they also got to see. And I imagine when they went to see Jesus, there was something special on this baby. Babies are, are cute. But any baby that you see is cute. I don't know whether it's because they're so small and so tiny and, you know, they're just special. But I imagine there was something extra special on Jesus when he was born. There must have been something unique to him. Anyway, God chooses them. And it makes me think, sometimes we think, oh, you know, I am... My family does not come from, you know, the right type of family. Or, or, you know, maybe my background is not the best. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, but God chose what's foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You know, the world has placed, has placed people in a worldly standards. The shepherds were the lowest of the lowest. And we now have caste systems. We have, you know, tribes or surnames or something that, gives you worthy prestige, but God has says that I'm going to give the greatest news, the greatest joy to these people, to, to the lowest, to people who they, nobody thought anything of them. But so um, the first thing that we need to learn is number one, joy is a decision. I, I decide or I choose to rejoice. When the angel Gabriel appealed to Mary, uh, her life was changed. She, she was betrothed, you know, kind of her life was going in the way that it was supposed to be. She was betrothed to Joseph, but after the encounter with this angel, her life got turned upside down. Because how can you explain to the man that you're going to marry, and how can, how can you explain to everybody around you that you've not seen that truly an angel appeared to you and that now you are pregnant? And that this child is a special child, and, he, and it's, it's Emmanuel. How can you explain that to anybody? Her life got turned upside down. But Mary chooses joy in her circumstances. Then we have Joseph. Again, his life was going as it should be. He was betrothed to Mary. They were getting everything prepared. Everything was ready. And then all of a sudden, an angel had to appear to, to him to confirm that Mary was indeed telling him the truth. And also Joseph had to choose joy in this situation as well. We see then the shepherds, these, these people that I've just kind of shared with you what they're like. And then their life as well got turned upside down. But in their case, they were able to see this wonderful um, expression of God's love in this child. And they also uh, choose joy. Because the angel um, comes to them and then he says, 
I'm coming to you with great news, with news of great joy. There was something special that these shepherds heard and saw that changed something in their heart. The Bible doesn't tell us anything else after, after this about the, the shepherds, but I can assure you that their lives were changed. They were transformed because they really had a change in, 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 in what they saw, how they received, how they perceived this news, amazing news that they received. Now, the manifestations of joy, I, I thought, how do we manifest joy or how is joy manifested? We see it in the Bible, and we even see it here in Luke. It's manifested in songs and praises. Joy is manifested in song and praises. It says, after the shepherds heard the great news of joy, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as as it had been told to them. When there is joy in our heart, we can praise and we can sing. When there is joy in our heart, we can worship. You know, there are times when we are worshiping God, when we are praising God, that you can feel there's something special more going on. And it's just a manifestation of joy. Uh, um, Psalm 105, verse 43 says, So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen one with singing. Isaiah 51, 11 says, and, he, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to sign with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighting shall flee away. There's something that happens, that takes place, that is manifested with joy when we sing and when we praise God. So if you're ever feeling low, if you're ever feeling down, praise the Lord. Worship him. He will change something in the atmosphere. I think we get connected with the heavenly host, just like when the shepherds saw this one angel and then they were able to see, it says, heavenly beings. I think there's something like that that takes place. Another manifestation of joy is faith and hope in Jesus. When we think of the Apostle Paul and all the wonderful writings he left us, you know, I think a lot of us say, wow, you know, the Apostle Paul was an amazing man. The the revelations he got from God, because we can see it on, on the writings he left us. But then he also went through many tribulations. And he's the one that kept on te- he keeps on telling us in the New Testament, rejoice. I tell, you, I tell you again, rejoice. He's constantly reminding us the importance of keeping joy because it's so, it's so easy to be discouraged. And it's so easy to feel down. And it's so easy to feel depressed. You know, when we hear the things that are happening right now, when we listen to the news, when we listen to the future of the world, climate change, and all of these other things that are happening, maybe our own situations in our personal circumstances. All of these things, they're so easy to pull us down. That's why God had to keep on encouraging us, rejoice, have joy, understand that no one can steal the joy. No one can take away the joy from you. Paul, and I I like... um, I like the, the writings of Paul because Paul, even, even though Paul was a man of faith and a great example for us, he, you know, sometimes people say, I, I know a lot of people who say, I'm not going to confess this because 
Um, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't agree with what the doctor is saying, so I'm not even going to say it. So I, I know a lot of people who uh, maybe have, have had difficult sickness, big ones, who instead of, of saying, okay, God, you've, um, you, you might use the doctor, so I'm going to do and I'm going to go through the treatments or anything that I need to do, humanly possible, because only you can do the impossible. And so they reject all of these things because they don't want to confess. Or, 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 and, and sometimes this is not what God is teaching us to do. Because look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6.10. <clears throat> he says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet, yet possessing everything. He wasn't rejecting or he wasn't denying that he was sorrowful, that he was sad, but he was uh, also saying, always rejoicing. And I think sometimes we forget that, yeah, it's okay, we, we're going through difficulties, but I have everything I need. I have a roof over my head, I have clothes, and I have uh, food to eat and even to, to, to share with other people. That is to be rich. That is, and, and, and to rejoice in what we've got. Sometimes we're always having this uh, idea that the green is, uh, sorry, the grass is greener on the other side. And you don't know that that's fake grass. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, and we always want, sometimes we want what others have. Oh, you know, oh, look how, you know, uh, those kids behave. Oh, those kids are wonderful the way they behave. You don't know what's going on. Oh, oh, look at that car. I wish I had that car. And you don't know how much it cost that person to get that car or how much debt that person has to have that car. You know, this is uh, our, maybe a human uh, nature, wanting always to have what other people have, but we need to learn to, to be content and rejoice with what we with, with what we have, and it's something that changes. Another manifestation of joy, believe it or not, is in trials. I didn't like this one, but it's true. Another manifestation of joy is in trials. James 1 and 2 says this, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Because it is in the trials that we learn. You know, joy is like faith. Faith, it's, you know, everybody has a measure of faith. Faith is like a muscle. You know, you need to work it. You need to work it. And I think joy is the same thing. It's something that you need to work on. How can you rejoice when everything seems to be falling apart? But there is always something that we can rejoice. Philippians chapter 125 says, Convinced of this I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Because um, joy, there's a joy in faith as well. The Lord, um, and there is joy in the Lord. Finally, Philippians 3, 1 says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is not trouble to me and is safe for you. Paul constantly kept on encouraging the church to rejoice, to have joy, to count it all joy. Now, there will be sorrow, there will be sadness, but you know, there, there's joy, it's, it will always be there. Jesus said, no one will take 
your joy from you. And for me, that is a promise. For me, that is um, something that it's deep in, it should be deep in our heart. Sorrow, sorrow and suffering will pass, but joy continues in spite of hardships. Eternal, eternal joy is promised to come, and when it does come, it will last. We have this great joy in Jesus. The, the joy is found in Jesus. We see um, the Bible tells us in, in Psalm 16, 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You know, when we are seeking joy, we are seeking the presence of God. And in his presence, we find everything that we need. If there are things or areas in our life that need to be changed, if there are things in our life that need to be put right, when we are seeking God, when we're in his presence, something changes. He, he shows us the things that need to be changed. And I think during this time of Advent that we are, you know, maybe we've decorated our house. Uh, maybe we've, you know, got the Christmas jumpers. I didn't bring my Christmas jumper today, but I do have my Christmas jumper. You know, all of the things that we do externally, you know, we've decorated the church. We also need to decorate or prepare our heart. And, and it's very difficult, I, I think, as, as parents, sometimes to prepare the right atmosphere of Christmas for the children. Because in their mind, even, I mean, one of my kids said to me, oh, do we give, do we give uh, gifts in Christmas time because the wise men brought uh, gifts to Jesus? And I said, well, not really, because the, you know, the gifts that the wise men brought Jesus were gifts that represented something. It represented something for, for Jesus, and, sh and she knew what those gifts represented. It's nice when you're able to give something, but you know what? It's not nice. <clears throat> the feeling that maybe um, you haven't given enough. And I think that's what this uh, spirit of Christmas sometimes shows. Oh, you know, people apparently get into a lot of debt, you know, um, credit cards, because it's buy now, pay later. And Christmas next year comes, and they haven't bought, uh, been able to pay the gifts of Christmas last year. And that's not a situation God wants us to be on, you know. Um, so it's, it's important that we find, okay, how is it that we can find this fullness of joy in God's presence? How can we transmit this to our kids? How can we transmit this to our family? And there are some things that I think, you know, as, a, as each family needs to be able to pray about it and say, God, how can we enjoy your presence? And sometimes it's looking outside, not just inside, looking outside at other people. You know, other people, other children, um, are going through difficulties. Other families are going through really hardships. So we have to be grateful for what we have. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fails, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there'll be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Now, this is a powerful text for me because 
These were people who work in the field. This was their food, this was their provision. And they are saying that even though they have no provision of food, even though they, 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 they have nothing in their fields, with, and, and even their herds have no reproduction, even then they will rejoice in the Lord and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Now, we can take it into our times now. Even though um, I, I will be made redundant in the next month, that's a big deal. That's not producing the fig tree, that's not produced on the olive tree. That is a big deal for us. Yet with everything, I will rejoice in the Lord. This, this, I think this is what makes the difference between us and the rest of the world, between who have Christ really in their hearts and who don't, because God will not leave us, he will not forsake us. Maybe it will be tight, maybe it will be difficult, but he will not leave us. And the change, and that's when we need to exercise joy, <clears throat> joy in our hearts. Because, you know, it, it would be so much easier. I was, you know, there's so many things happening, you know, that, I, that you hear on, 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 on the radio, uh, promotions and things like that. And there's one that um, they're doing, uh, they're giving away every day, like 200,000 pounds. And it will be within five minutes in your bank account. And I'm thinking, what can I do with 200,000 pounds in my bank account? You know, I'm, I'm thinking all of these things. And, and, and that's why God spoke to me about this joy, because that would bring a moment of happiness to my life. I can tell you that. <laughs> and you imagine looking in your bank account, 200,000 tax-free. That will bring happiness to my heart. But that will not fix anything, because if that brings happiness to my life, then what am I doing right now? I should be Joy, and, I, and if I have 200,000 pounds in my bank account, that should just be an extra, an addition, but that shouldn't change my joy in my heart because my joy is because of Christ. My joy is because of what he's done already in my life and what he's doing in my life and what he continues to do in my life. Joy that we find in, in, in Jesus, joy that we find in Christ is one that lasts forever. In this Christmas season, we have to remember that what we do in this celebration is because of Jesus, because he became one of us, because he identifies with our pain, because he identifies with our suffering, with what we experience. Jesus didn't remain this little boy. He grew up and he experienced rejection. He grew up and he experienced loss. He grew up and he experienced um, all of the things that we experience. But he died on that cross. And this is, this is what the gospel is about. Jesus did not just remain a little child. He grew up. He, because of obedience, died on that cross so that me and you can have salvation, so that me and you can change on that cross our suffering, our curses for God's blessing. Now, that doesn't make us... Uh, completely pain-free and suffer, suffering-free. There's still trials and tribulations, like I said to you, as part of our joy, because this is the world in which we live. But the big difference that it makes is that my circumstances do not affect my joy, that people around me cannot steal, cannot take, they can steal my, my, my money, they can steal you know, physical things, material things, 
but they can never steal the joy inside of me. They can never take away the peace that God has given us. Doesn't mean that, you know, when bad news come, you don't feel shaken and you don't feel sad or you don't feel maybe upset. Those are emotions, human emotions that of course happen. And you might get angry and upset. And many times we say, God, really? Really? Seriously, Lord? And then you kind of remember, yes, Lord, but in all of this, I will praise you. In all of this, I will worship you. In all of this, I will choose joy. And it changes the circumstances. And, um, and something that I think it's, you know, when we pray, sometimes we pray in our thoughts. Sometimes we pray, you know, in, in, in inwardly. But there's something special that also happens that you need to pray outwardly. And if there, are, you know, if there are moments where you really feel kind of the pressure of everything going on you, those are not the moments that you pray in your head and say, Lord, help me. Those are the moments that you need to speak out with your, with your mouth and say, Lord, I, I, I trust you, Lord, that you take control of my life and anything that's coming to affect me, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And you will see something changes in the atmosphere because you are proclaiming something with your mouth. Of course, there are times that you can't, you can't do that if you're in the train because everybody would look at you and think you're crazy. Those are the times you might say it in your head. But when you're at home and you feel that pressure, you speak it out loud because something will change in the atmosphere. Amen? Okay. So let's pray and let us, go, let us pray that God will help us to, um, to remember this, this joy and that to remember this great news and to um, be connected with what he's doing in our lives in this time. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, for your precious word that changes us, that cleanses us, that gives us direction, Lord. Father, thank you because you ignite something inside of us. Thank you that we can always worship you, Lord, even when we're going through difficulties, even when we don't understand the things that are happening in our lives, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We trust you that you are in control. We trust you, Father, that all things work out together for our good because we are your children, because we love you, because we have been chosen according to your purposes, Lord. So, Father, we um, present our lives before you, Lord. And, Father, we surrender uh, these thoughts that are going in our minds. We surrender... Father, all these things that maybe we're struggling with here, Lord, we surrender it all to you, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Father, that you give us that joy. Give us back the joy of, of your salvation, Lord. We pray, Lord, that today we will be able to exercise our joy, that, Father, we will be able to transmit joy to others. And if we're going through difficulties or trials, Lord, help us to remember to always rejoice. I pray, Father, for my brothers and sisters who are, uh, physically sick. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Father, that they will be restored to full health, Lord, that you will alleviate their pain or their suffering, Lord, that you will make all things new physically in their bodies, Father. Father, you are the, the miracle maker. You are the God that made them, Lord, and you know their needs. So I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Father, that you will manifest your power and your presence in their lives, Lord. And I I just want to thank you, Father, because you are so good, Lord. Father, if anyone in this place, Lord, needs a touch of healing, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will 
um, release your Holy Spirit upon their lives, Father, and that they will be made new, Lord. Father, I pray for salvation, Lord. Father, we commit our lives to you again. We commit our everything to you, Lord. May you lead us. May you show us the way in which we need to walk, Lord. We give you all to you. We surrender our families to you, Lord. We surrender our lives to you, Lord. To in the altar, we surrender all to you, Lord. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your touch in our lives, Lord. We worship you, and we want to continue to praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.